The Buccaneers look like they were headed for their seventh straight regular season loss, but then they found their way back and said, not today, Satans. I mean, Saints. We're going to break it down right here on a Victory Monday. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, joined by my New Orleans uh, temporary resident co-host, David Harrison. You can check out everything he's doing over at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. I'm over at SBNation'sBucksNation.com. And, of course, follow all the action on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. And we do thank you for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or your first view of the day. Today's Victory Monday episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast presented to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. It is Victory Monday, Bucks Nation. So we're giving out game balls. But first, do I we got to talk about... Do, do I get one for being the, the host on the show what? to pick the Bucks to win? I'm very happy that you pointed out that you're the only person on this show to pick the Buccaneers to win because, yes, I picked the Saints to win. Yes, Evan Klosky picked the Saints to win. Yes, Ross Jackson picked the Saints to win. But listen, we all used history, the last six regular season games between these two teams to do so. And it did look for a minute like the Buccaneers were going to make it Absolutely. seven regular season games in a row, not six. But also, listen, if you get a game ball for picking them, that's fine. I want a game ball for the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, James, are undefeated when David Harrison is in the press box for a regular season game. GoFundMe slash send David to the Bucks game. I will not be in Ray J for the Green Bay Packers game, but I will be in Ray J for the Kansas City Chiefs game. So adjust your betting strategies accordingly. All now. Right. So we got so now we got that out of the way. Let's talk about how the Bucks got this win. And really, yes. the way the Bucks got this win all starts with Mike Evans getting tossed out of the stinking ball game. Like Mike Evans, impact player of the game potentially, and his biggest impact came when he got thrown out of the stadium. And I just want to throw this out there. I did send a tweet. I'm not sure how many people interact with. There's a lot of craziness happening all at the same time, obviously, but. I do want to give a shout out that with all the emotion, with all the anger, with all the upsetness and everything, I saw that Mike like pushed a cameraman away from him as he was running off the field, still stopped to give his game-worn gloves to a young fan uh, that was in New Orleans in the Superdome. So a man of the people, even when he's angry and throwing haymakers, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Evans. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I also tweeted about that, that on his way to the tunnel, he noticed a kid wearing a Mike Evans jersey, immediately took off his gloves and handed them to him. Uh, Mike Evans is the best. On the flip side, Ohio State players that play New Orleans are the absolute Whoa. worst. Whoa. Arshon Rattimore, uh starting fights. You have Michael Thomas 
flexing after he scores a touchdown down 11 points. And you have Chris L O L Ave fumbling when nobody touched him. Ohio State. Hey, you wanted Chris Olave in the draft just as much as anybody else did. I absolutely did, but you know what? He went to the Saints. That means I get to continue to hate him as much as I did when he was a Buckeye. (laughs) Anyway, the biggest thing that, to me, that this whole fight reminded me of, and I know know Bucks fans, a lot of you that listen or watch are Rays fans, but give me just a second to talk about the Red Sox and the Yankees. you It reminded me so much of 2004. And, and really, all baseball fans are going to remember this moment. But the Red Sox and Yankees were playing each other, and the Yankees were winning that game. Bronson Arroyo hits Alex Rodriguez with a pitch. Alex Rodriguez starts mouthing off and pointing his finger at Arroyo, Jason Veritek gets in his way, says, go down to first base. Alex Rodriguez says, bring it on. And Veritek pops him square in his mouth with his catcher's mitt. All-out brawl ensues. Benches clear everything. Red Sox come back and win that game. And a lot of people point to that moment as the turning point of the season for the Red Sox, who went on to win the World Series that year. And that was all I could think about. You have had this bitter, nasty rivalry between Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore that came to a head on Sunday, and that brawl, the Bayou Battle Royale, was the turning point for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who went on to put up 17 consecutive points after that fight and go on to win that game. Yep. And uh, after the game, James, talked to one of the combatants. So let's hear from Mr. Michael Evans. All I seen was... I know we were, we were like um, trying to get a, a flag called or whatever, and it wasn't called. And then all I see is uh, Lattimore, he like punched Lenny in the face or something like that, and then like pushed Tom. That's all I saw. So, you know, I, I just pushed him. Are you concerned that, that you might not be available next week? No, 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 no. That was, that was terrible. 2017, I didn't even get ejected. And that was really a cheap shot. This wasn't. He punched my teammate in the face, and I just pushed him around. Mike, that might change your whole complexion of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm happy we got the dub. We start playing really good in that fourth quarter. Defense had a lot of turnovers. Uh, we love that. And, uh, we got the job. How hard is it to play a team like this? I feel like our emotions were really good uh, this time. You know, I just was trying to have my teammates back. I want to see them punch, punch somebody in the face. Like I ain't gonna let that happen. You said you never want to hurt your team, right? But these yeah. guys responded to, to what happened. Right? Yeah. We, we got each other's back. You know, we've been together for a while now. We got each other's back. We know when we come to honors, it gets it gets uh it gets spicy. So, what did it feel like to greet them coming off the field? Oh, it felt good, man. I came in here and watched the game. And start going in our favor. Everything started happening. Like in the first half, things weren't going in our favor. Uh, we made them fumble. They got the ball back, recovered. Fourth and inches, we don't get it. But in the fourth quarter, start making it happen. What was that like to greet everybody? Almost to the man, we high five. It was cool, man. I came up, showed love to my teammates. They fought a really physical game, and uh, we pulled it off. All right, lots of uh, commentary there from Mike Evans on why he did what he did, and then of course what ensued. After it, which was uh, success, James, and our listeners and viewers can also find success if they are smarter than the average fantasy player through our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is very simple: it's daily fantasy football or sports in general. You pick two to five players 
And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you get money. You choose whether or not you think they're going to do better or worse. For example, if you put Tennessee Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill on your roster, two to five man roster or person roster for Monday Night Football, and you think he's going to get less than 215.5 passing yards against the Buffalo Bills, and he does get less than 215.5 passing yards against the Buffalo Bills, then you get that correct. If you get both or up to five of your predictions correct, you win up to 10 times the money you put on the entry. And that's it. And it doesn't matter what James Jarko does. It doesn't matter what David Harrison does. It doesn't matter what the guys with all the inside information do with those players because you're not play, playing against them and all their analytics and their math and their knowledge. You're only playing against your knowledge and the house. It's really that simple. No competing against other people, just you against the projections. And if you don't want to do it with football, they got NBA, Major League Baseball, Hockey, PGA, College Football, pretty much anything you can think of, even cricket. And the best part is when you want your money, it's safe and fast with their withdrawals. Currently, Prize Picks is operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to the prizepicks.com website, sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First time users, you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So you put in $100, they'll put in $100. $20, they'll match you. You get the gist, just use the promo code locked on again. That's up to 100%, $100 deposit bonus at Prize Picks just for using the promo code. Locked on. Thanks again for making the Lockdown Bucks podcast your first listen or first view of the day every day, especially on Victory Mondays. Ad read of the week, not the prize pick ad read I just did. Trust me, the version you saw much cleaner than what James actually just had to sit through. So be happy that editing exists. But James, I, play I the game the version that I got to sit through. <laughs> Buccaneers win. 20 to 10, go 2 and 0 on the season. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, in recent memory, are undefeated in the regular season against the New Orleans Saints. So, what was the play of the game, sir, from your vantage point? To me, it was the Mark Ingram fumble. You had the Buccaneers just tie the game at three. Finally, after disappointing drive, after disappointing drive, after disappointing drive, the Bucs go down there. Yes, they have to settle for a field goal, but Suckup nails it. Then all of a sudden, the Saints, who had had trouble with this Buccaneers defense since the opening drive, are marching right down the field, absolutely gashing them with the run game. It was Logan Ryan who comes in with the peanut punch. Ball pops out. Carl Nassib all over it. And that was another big turning point for this game because – if the Saints go up on that drive, obviously, you know, a lot of things could have played out very differently. Maybe Mike Evans and Marshall and Lattimore are not ejected. Uh, you know, maybe the Bucs don't end up taking a lead at any point. So I think that yeah. was a massive, massive play for the defense to really try to regain the control that they had lost on that drive and give the offense another opportunity to start moving the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 here's the thing. Like that to me, like not so that is to me that is also the play of the game. But it's also the play of the game because it kind of leads into what everybody believes really sparked this this Buccaneers win. That is, of course, the fight and Mike Evans being tossed. Because what what sparked all that? Yeah, it's the Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans rivalry and all that stuff. But really, I think what that is is the culmination of frustration that this Buccaneers roster had 
with this New Orleans Saints team because Mike didn't start this, right? And there's going to be words back and forth of who started what and, and all this stuff. But Tom is, is you know, talking to referees about a, a missed penalty uh, and all that. And Marshawn, I don't know, he says, gee, golly, Tom, you're probably wrong about that call. He, they probably got it right. And, and Tom says, hey, man, you should leave me alone. I'm having my private conversation. Leonard Fournette says, yeah, dude, like, mind your own business. Those are those are quotes. You know what I mean? That's exactly what was up. But at this point in time, the Buccaneers, they get the ball back off that fumble. And James, what did they do with it? They punted it. So here you have Tom Brady, the most accomplished quarterback in the National Football League ever, right? And he's the leader. Like, he's the guy that everybody needs to, to fall behind and follow his ways. And he's struggling, man. And, and it's not just him. It's the offense. They're just, they're just not putting things together right now. And you finally get points on the board. And I know I wasn't the only one thinking it. But what typically happens, right? We've, been, we've all watched a lot of football. When you see a team where the offense is struggling and the defense is keeping a minute, and then the offense finally gets it together, puts some points on the board, what typically happens? That very next drive is where the defense gets run. Right. Like that's just how this like and it's not a Bucks thing. It's not a Washington thing, a Saints thing. It's it's a football. I don't understand it either. It's just what happens and what happened on the ensuing drive, man. Like the Saints are marching down the field. and We're like, yep, here we go. Like this is, you know, yeah. this is just the way it works. And then on the 10 yard line, boom, you get the fumble. So from Tom Brady's standpoint, he's seen even more football really than we have. So from Tom Brady's standpoint, OK, this is your opportunity that you're like your defense just turned the tides of football fate, you have to go out and do something with it. Six plays, 18 yards, and a punt. Like, that's what you get. Like, I think when Tom gets angry at his teammates, he gets even more angry at himself. And when his unit is the one causing the problems, that's more frustrating for him. And when he's frustrated, everybody's frustrated because the team feels like they're letting down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So then you have this this situation where that, that again, you're going up to, to that point, and that's where – all this frustration comes out of is is it all kind of connects and, and intertwines, right? So I think that again, to me, like that is the ultimate play of the game because that's really where everything turned on a dime. But because it's already off the table, my play of the game, James, is the Mike Edwards pick six. So you're you're getting down into the nitty gritty part of this game where the Saints really got to figure out how to get out of this tailspin. There, I think at this point in time they've had what four straight uh, drives end in turnovers. I believe that they had to fumble, and then I think. Uh, no, this is three straight drives. So the fumble, two interceptions from Jameis Winston. Now they're on their next possession, trying to put this thing together. And I'm telling you, man, uh, I don't can't remember if this is the second or third pass of that drive by Jameis, but whatever it is, the passes that came before it, Buccaneers defenders were looking to break on a pass. They're playing mostly zone. And I remember like they're getting they're playing. And I'm going, a Bucks defender, if Jameis continues doing what he's doing, a Bucks defender is coming away with the football. The very next play. After I think that to myself, because I'm not talking to people. Mike Edwards breaks on the ball, gets in front of it, and then he takes it to the house. I didn't predict the pick six in my own head, but I did predict the interception. And Mike Edwards takes it to the house, beats a big old Saints offensive lineman to the goal line. So, so that's my play of the game, James. Uh, but that's how – so the fight, the turnovers, the touchdown eventually to Brashad Perryman, which I'll dive more into uh, tomorrow – that's really how this game got won. But what let's let's go back to that 3-0 Saints versus Bucks because that's the majority of the game is 3-0. What was your biggest observation takeaway from the 3 to nothing Saints over Buccaneers part of this game? My biggest thing, and I, I guess this is probably my biggest frustration with the team so far, is 
the usage of Russell Gage. And, and this bothers me for a lot of reasons. You had you had Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones all on the field together last week. Okay, I get it. Russell Gage didn't get his first target until the fourth quarter. You come into this one, you have no Godwin. You have no Julio. You have Mike Evans get ejected. But Scotty Miller is out there getting eight targets while Russell Gage only gets six and all of his targets are within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Russell Gage is way better of a receiver than to be getting those itty bitty tiny targets. He needs to have the ball thrown to him down the field. He can run those short routes, sure, but can we get him some intermediate and some deep targets? For the love of all things holy, what did you pay this guy for if you're not going to use him? And instead, you're throwing the ball to Scotty Miller. You're you're handing the ball off on wide receiver end arounds to Scotty Miller or to Jalen Darden. Um, and mind you, Scotty can't hold on to the ball every time he dropped. And he almost made some incredible catches that you know, weren't really his fault. You know, the, the ball placement or he there was one time where he slipped right as Tom threw the ball. So he almost made an incredible catch there. But the more I see him drop the ball, the more I think they should have kept Tyler Johnson. And it's it's really, really frustrating. But on top of that, you went out, you sought out Russell Gage to yeah. bring him on this football team to help these wide receivers. Why? Why show me why you wanted him on this team? Yeah, it's it's perplexing. It's confusing, you know. And and you listen, you know I love Scotty Miller, right? And I and I kind of touched on this on our live uh broadcast. If you guys haven't seen that yet, it's on the channel. Go ahead and check it out. Ross Jackson and I uh were both in the Superdome. We did a live postcast uh to this game uh before James and I recorded this full episode. And I talked about it too. Like, look, the the perception, whether it's true or not, amongst media, amongst fans, is that Scotty Miller is here because Tom Brady wants him here, because Tom Brady loves him. And I think we all like or love Scotty Miller to a certain Absolutely. extent. We like what he could be, what he's done, you know, NFC Championship game against the Packers, all that stuff's great. But it is confusing because Russell Gage, up up until this point in his career, his fewest yards per reception in his career, James, was 9.1 yards. That was his second year in the league, obviously with the Atlanta Falcons. Week one, he walked out with a 6.5 yards per reception average, which goes to your point. On Sunday against the Saints, that number is going to go down because he had five catches for 28 yards, which is five point something. I don't know, 5.2, 5.3 yards, 5. whatever it is. It ain't 5.6. It ain't 6.5. So that average from week one is now going down. Now you're getting closer to the six yards per reception, which is a full three yards per reception less than his career low. Like this is a guy who can get down the field, run some inter intermediate routes. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see if the Buccaneers can figure that whole thing out because I agree with you. I think right now the way that Russell Gage is being used is not maximizing his ability and potentials. It is week two, but it's something that we would love to see fixed, especially going up against a Packers defense that I feel like is susceptible to some of those things that Russell Gage does really well. And I will, before we move on, I will preface it with this real quickly. Maybe, maybe, the usage has to do with the hamstring injury that he's been right. dealing with. And he's not as explosive yet. He's not ready to push that threshold. That I can understand. But if this continues week in and week out, you're going to get some very 
angry James soapbox moments moving forward if they don't get this Russell Gage thing figured out. Something that we have figured out, however, is who these game balls are going to go to. We are going to get to that coming up in just a moment. But first, shout out to our friends at Turo. Turo, T-U-R-O, is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. You can book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. You can get a classic or a luxury car for a special event, a birthday, a holiday. You can find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Or there's a vehicle that you're thinking about maybe wanting to buy. You could find it on Toro and test drive it way more than the 15 to 20 minutes you get from the dealership. You could test drive it for a whole weekend. Get the feel for it. Figure out if that's a car that you want to purchase. I was just telling David, no joke. I can get a four-wheel drive Mercedes-Benz SUV to take on one of these hockey road trips in the wintertime for half of the price of a similar size SUV from one of the big places. I think I'm going to take that deal. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply, so ditch the boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Wrapping things up here on a Victory Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And David, it is time to give out our game balls for this one. Plenty yes. of, of players to choose from. A lot of guys stepped up, but I will concede to you, good sir, for the first player of the game, the initial game ball that's going to the uh, the top performer there. Yeah, my player of the game, so my first game ball from this game, it's, it's low-hanging fruit, but it's Jamel Dean. Two interceptions. He also had five tackles, by the way, but the two interceptions really, I mean, after that fumble, uh, that really kind of helped cement the fact that things were now swinging in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' direction. And, and that one against that, you know, when he was encouraging against Chris Olave, like that is not an easy interception. And I think that really kind of shows the development of Jamel Dean, right? Because, I mean, James, again, you know, and, and eventually we'll stop bringing this up, and by we, I mean me. But you go back to Jamel Dean and what we saw in his rookie season against the Seattle Seahawks. Like, yeah. remember, we talked about this. We said, look, this is a game – that could end a cornerback's career. Like this is the game that get in, get in a young defender's head so badly that he just never comes back from it. Well, that's a play to me that shows you just why Jamel Dean is getting all the snaps and Sean Murphy Bunting is sweating less than I am after a game day. And no, if that, you know, no offense to Sean, but he's just not getting that much burn these days. Um, so, you know, that play to me is kind of like the culmination of the development of Jamel Dean up to this point. Like he's still going to get better. He's looking at smarter. And I think he's still got growing to do, but I think, you know, when you talk about what, what's the conversation around this series is six straight regular season wins for the saints. They've dominated yada, 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 right? Well, Jamel Dean's been here for, for all that stuff. So Jamel Dean being one of the players to be one of the guys who kind of exercises this demon and breaks this streak is is a little bit poetic and i just i love it for him because i know how much work he's had to have put in and then todd bowles when he's defense coordinator 
you know, spending time, extra time going over film and studying with them. Like there's a lot of effort being put into this product. So to see him improve continuously and not only that, but also become one of the main catalysts, if not the main catalyst to breaking this negative streak. I mean, again, Todd Bowles mentioned it post game. You're, you're going to see them again. So this ain't over. Like it's not just like, okay, we're done. Now that's all history. We can move on. No, like it's, it's going to come up and you know, what Saints fans are going to say in December, James, y'all are one in six in the last seven. All right. So you might, you might've won the last one, but you're one in six. All right. So it's not over, but I think it's just, it's a little bit poetic. Like I said, to see a guy like Jamal Dean from where he came from and what he's built his way up to, to this moment, to this season, to be the guy to make that play. Yeah, we said it all offseason that Jamel Dean and, and Sean Murphy Bunting weren't just competing for a starting spot as the number two corner opposite Carlton Davis. They're competing for a contract because I don't think the Bucks are going to be bringing back both Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. And uh, Jamel Dean has that job on lock. Now, now we have to start talking about are we concerned that Jamel Dean is pricing himself out of Tampa? That could become an issue because he is playing some absolutely fantastic football. So yes, I agree with you. It was the low hanging fruit, but sometimes the low hanging fruit is just the right answer. It's there for a reason. It's there for a reason. That's right. Now I'm going to go back to my predictive player of the game. Since I couldn't give a game ball to Jamel Dean, I am going to go ahead and give one to Devin white for the second straight week. He led the team in tackles. He had 11 of them. He had a sack. He had a forced fumble. He was getting pressure on Jameis Winston all day long. He should have had another sack. Somehow, you know, he he just didn't wrap up Jameis. It was a, a frustrating play for some Bucks fans in that moment. But then all of a sudden, Jameis was swarmed by four other Buccaneers defensemen. So they still got the sack on the play. But it, those are those little things that we talked about that Devin White needs to clean up to really put together a complete season in mm-hmm. all of the facets of his game. So it was still an outstanding game by him. He had some big moments, uh, some big plays, and you know I think he was deserving of of a game ball and my player of the game. Yeah. My second game ball, uh, I'm going to hand to Brandon Walton. Yeah. You had Josh Wells come in in relief of Donovan Smith, who was out with that elbow injury. Then Josh Wells goes down, and it's like could – just once, just one time, can we get through a practice or a game without an offensive lineman getting hurt? Nope. But Brandon Walton, who had four career snaps in the NFL, shout out Greg Allman for dropping that tidbit, stepped in and played tremendously. I understand there were moments where Brady was under pressure, but you're talking about a guy who is the third string left tackle. And for him to come in and play as well as he did, he should be commended for that performance. So game ball to Brandon Walton, absolutely outstanding job coming in and, and trying to keep Brady protected. Yeah, I thought it was going to be clever. Uh, Brandon Walton was going to get my second game ball. And then, you know, I thought I had that on lock. I thought that was just going to be be my thing and uh you swooped in and, and stole it from me so kudos to you and maybe i'm not as smart as i thought i was no commenters are allowed to expand on that thought um my second game ball james going to wide receiver brashad perryman not really for the whole body of work not really for the whole stat line but once again for a second week in a row for getting the touchdown like 
we went go back to the Dallas Cowboys game, right? Like you had all the field goals and you know controlling the game for the most part, but that touchdown just really kind of felt like boom, there you go, you're good, you're gonna get this win. This game's the same way. Like even with everything going on, not it wasn't until that ball landed in number 16's hands in the end zone and and it was solidified there was a touchdown. I was like, all right, Bucks are two and up. Like this, that's gonna be it. Actually, I think I tweeted Mike when Mike Edwards at the pick six. I think I tweeted, uh, you know, game game over or whatever, uh, ball game or whatever. But when Brashad Perryman scored his touchdown, I was like, all right, we can wrap. I think I texted the Bucks game day guys, but like, hey, somebody's got to wrap up this, you know, instant post game article. I got to go down to the locker room, hit get ready for the press conferences. This thing's over. Uh, I guess Michael Thomas did something shortly after that really only matters if you're playing fantasy football with him. Um, but ultimately, Brashad Perryman stepping up. You know, Mike Evans is gone. Chris Godwin is gone. Julio Jones is gone. Russell Gage is not being used properly. Scotty Miller uh, either can't stop from tripping over his own feet or just out of sync with Tom Brady altogether. So Prashad Perryman steps up when his team needs him to step up the most. Uh, again, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I talked to Prashad in the locker room. You guys will have that audio and video on our Tuesday episode. Mike also was actually asked about Prashad stepping up in his absence. Mike, so, so Mike said some things about him. Also share that audio and video uh, as well. So make sure you come back Tuesday to hear more thoughts about this game, but also hear from Brashad and from Mike about Brashad. All right. Yeah, definitely, definitely make sure you come back and check all of that out. We want to thank you once again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or view of the day. Now make your second listen, Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It is also free and available wherever you get your podcasts. As David said, he will be back tomorrow with more of those clips uh, with Prashad Perryman and Mike Evans. I will be taking the night off because I'm going to be on Crossover Thursdays this week, y'all. But if you have any questions or comments or topics that you want to share with David and help him on his solo episode, of course, send those into Locked On Bucks Podcast at gmail.com or Give us a call at 813-444-5841. Check out David's work at BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine at BucksNation.com. And follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding victory Monday. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire those cannons. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.